If you like this podcast, check out Studio Red's amazing lineup of podcasts at StudioRedMedia.com. All right, well, welcome to another episode of QT with RT. I'm Ryan. And I'm, I'm Evan. Todd. Today, ugh, Evan, you... <laughs> we will, you are a guest, you Evan. We will it. introduce it was, you. It is QT with RT. <laughs> With apostrophe e, this is this is like a nuclear disaster. We really need to rehearse this, which is what we're talking about today. The Chernobyl series on HBO. We're all big fans of it, Mm -hmm. uh, and we're excited to share our thoughts on it. Uh, As always, with our review episodes, we uh, like to dive a little bit deeper into it than just an overall. Siskel and Ebert two thumbs up approach. Uh, we like to kind of dive into like why we think uh, it's great, what we can learn from it as storytellers. Uh, the you know a little bit more deeper dive into it than just your usual. Uh, I liked it. I didn't like it. Yep. You know, less of the car ride home from the theater and a little bit more into the sitting in a film class talking about it. So, although I just said all that real fast. What's our thumbs up opinions? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Each person, Evan, you go first. Loved did you it. Like it or did I you would not? say definitely an easy thumbs up. I'd say two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Todd, I give it a. We did everything right. Radiation burned off my face. Thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs Standing up. on the bridge looking at the ashes falling. That's right. You're so you're you were the person on the bridge. We did everything uh, right. Yes. I also loved it. I had just come off of watching uh yeah. the season You were the first to watch it. I was, yeah. Yeah. yeah season eight. I watched season eight of Game of Thrones and this was my rebound show. Yeah. After Game of Thrones broke my heart. Uh and uh it's great. It's from uh Craig Mazin is the Mm-hmm. Um, showrunner who is also has a podcast himself uh, called Script Notes, yeah, which is a great podcast. I've been listening to it for years, and so it was actually really fun to be like, oh, Craig is having all this success. I'd see him <laughs> after the behind the scenes, I'm like, Craig, look at old Craig, look at you go, Craig. He did it. I really did feel like the the like I'm a good friend of Craig, even yeah. though I've never met him before. But kudos to Craig. Uh, for anybody who hasn't actually watched the show, hopefully just by this the title itself, you know what it's about. But it is a six episodes, is that right? Five. Yes. Uh, five. Five. Five episode mini HBO miniseries about the Chernobyl disaster, nuclear disaster in what is now the Ukraine, was at the time the Soviet Union. So. Yeah, the, the little, little, little show note thing says in April. 1986, an explosion at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant in the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics becomes one of the world's worst man-made catastrophes. So There you go. Kyle, if you haven't seen it yet, that's what the show's about. So, uh, Evan, you seem to be one of the most excited people about talking about this. So I'm going to let you uh, lead us off with your... Nerd writer type thoughts and any other type of thoughts that you want to share about Chernobyl. And is it Chernobyl or Chernobyl? I'm pretty sure <laughs> it's Chernobyl. 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 Tomato, tomato. <laughs> Chernobyl. <laughs> Chernobyl. 
Sherry Noble. Cher Noble. <laughs> so yeah. I would say I would say what Go for it. really captured my mind and emotions watching this and even just when I saw the trailer knowing that I wanted to watch it not having HBO and just went out and bought the show um, on faith that it was going to be great and it was I would say the mixture the great mixture of elements of horror just the reality of the situation was horrific the Great yeah. storytelling, of course. We wouldn't be he- sitting here talking about it if it wasn't good storytelling. And then the documenting things that really did happen to real people and highlighting those things and bringing those things to the surface that maybe people like me didn't know all the little details. I was aware of what it was, aware of what happened in a general sense. But not knowing people's names, what they went through, and then beyond just the explosion itself, what happens afterwards is definitely a story worth telling. It's not just, it blew up and it was this bad thing, period. You know, there's a lot more that goes into it beyond that, that people had to sacrifice, which this show goes into. Um, Any story for me that that shows heroism on any level is something that immediately pulls in my heartstrings, just like a good war film Mm. um, or a heroic story. There's just a lot of heroism that goes on in this show Chernobyl from real people that actually had to lay down their lives or sacrifice part of their life because of their exposure to the radiation Um and their willingness to do that. And they talk about that and they try and highlight it. I don't know. It, it really was all the emotions for me that makes me really get sucked into a story, enjoy it. And I was just blown away by the amount of detail that they go into, I guess. They, they explain a lot. And that yeah. is really a nice thing. It's not just a... Uh, polished Hollywood version of a war story that really doesn't get into the details, but they actually go into the weeds of what a reactor is, what actually happened, and they care about the story. Um, It's all very um, enjoyable to watch, but also, you know, from an entertainment standpoint, but from a, from a reality and a storytelling standpoint, it's horrific. It's gut-wrenching to watch it from the soundtrack to the visuals, the amazing artistry of the makeup and effects really does a good job conveying to you, the viewer, just the scale of destruction that happened. And it was very, very much, very large, affected a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're hitting on a lot of good stuff there. Like I loved the um the historical aspect of it. Is so it seemed it it was almost like watching a documentary yep. to yep. some degree, you know, cuz it was like it and I loved like um being a fan of old Craig Mazin. He, uh HBO actually did a podcast about Chernobyl that I think all of us will listen to. Did yes. you listen to those Evan? 
So uh, that's also great. If you watch the show, you should definitely check out their podcast. It's not they're not very long podcasts. Not like this one. Uh, they're um, they're only like thirty minutes long, maybe. And but they just go through and basically go through the episode and say like what actually happened, what was true. And the crazy thing is that like ninety seven percent of it is yeah. all true. Yeah. Uh, it's According nuts. to these writers. Yeah, that's true. Russia has come out and tried to say that none of it's true, which ironically, like what you're saying, Evan, I think it actually shows the heroism of the Russians. Yeah. Um, now, granted, like, yeah, it was a problem that the Rush that the Soviet Union created, but like it shows like I had more admiration for Russian citizens. Yeah, me too. After watching it, yeah. and so the fact that they're like, we need to, this is bad PR. We need to change. We need to tell our own version of this story. It's like, no, this is actually a pretty good version of this yeah. story. Yeah. You know, it's like it's okay if you made a mistake. This was a long time ago. You know, I mean, not long time ago, but I mean, relatively long time ago. Yeah. And at this point, you know, decades ago. Um, so I, I, you know, Craig Mazin actually talked about it either in the podcast or in the like the little behind the scenes episode thing after after the episode plays. He said that like Chernobyl was something that everybody knew, but nobody actually knew. Like nobody really knew what happened. We all know of it. Yeah. But then if you ask people like, do you know Chernobyl? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And it's like, and he was like, "How do we all know about something, and the whole world knows about this? Yeah. Yet nobody actually knows what really happened. Like nobody yeah. really knows about. It. Everybody knows the Titanic hit an iceberg, you know. Everybody knows all these different things, but it's like nobody knows what actually happened. Well, and and the fact that, you know, the Titanic hit an iceberg, and that's not like that big. Like it happened to them. Chernobyl affected the globe. You yeah. know, like that's the thing. You watch that and you go, "Oh my goodness." Essentially, they just released Russia did something so catastrophic that, like, I think we're seeing the repercussions, reproduction, repercussions of that today. It's not reproductions Uh, or reproductions, Godzilla, anybody. Um, but like, I asked my parents because I was like, Do you remember when Chernobyl happened? They're like, Yeah, we watched it on the news, and like, and they even were like, Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal, yeah, and I, I was like. No, I think the reason why dad had cancer and, you know, like, why so many... I mean, think about... I really feel like more people than I've ever known have more cancer than when I was younger. I just... It, it seems like that, and maybe I'm just growing older and getting more in touch with people. Right, but it's but like, yeah. everyone seems like yeah, and family yeah, members right. and all that's these... That's true. So it's just like... Well, oh, I mean, terrifying. and like the story show, said or showed or portrayed, I mean, the, you know, the... Russia did try to downplay it as much yeah. as possible, which I'm sure is why they're like, guys, 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 let's tell our story of this because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it wasn't like that. Well, they're going to make their own version. Well, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 where the CIA bombed it. Yeah, which is nuts. That's... So um, from a storytelling perspective, though, yeah, I love the like documentary historical part of it. I love the their attention to detail and actually making it accurate. Um, they were saying that they were um, just um, – just uh what would be the right word i mean just like very strict on themselves the director the art director and yeah. craig mazin on making sure that like every little detail about the show was accurate and correct you yeah. know to where like they wanted the if they showed a hotel room they wanted it to look just like a hotel room that would have existed in soviet union at the time um, and he was saying that because the soviet union 
basically just made one version of everything. Yeah. Because there wasn't like a free market economy to where you could have a bunch of, you know, companies making minor hats or, or clothing lines or cars. It's like everybody just had the exact same thing. Yeah. It's like they just went and found the, the blueprints or the or the designs for those different things, and then just replicated them from those designs. And they're like, we knew if they were miners from this time period that they were all wearing these hats, yeah, or they were all wearing these clothes, or they all had these kind of buildings because they everything right. was exactly the same. So I thought that was kind of an interesting, like from a filmmaking standpoint, like you know, as far as a historical piece goes, it's like that makes your job so much easier, yeah, to yeah. not have to try to figure out what of these a thousand thousand different options here which is the right one to go with it's like with them it's like no there's not a thousand options there's just one yeah there was one miner's hat yeah you know um but yeah i i felt like i just learned like a ton and and they did a really good job of of uh of explaining like of doing that exposition which is always the hardest thing in a movie to be like you know that's why the bad guy always tells james bond what his plan is right before he kills james yeah. bond you know, it's like you always have to have that like moment of like, oh, all the rest of you aren't nuclear scientists. Let us explain this to you, audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, but I'm going to do it in a in a secretive way or, you know, I'm going to I'm going to explain it to this random child here. And but I really I'm explaining it to you. Um, and I feel like they handled that so well to where I never it never felt awkward or like on purposeful. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I love that. Acting was great. Um Cinematography was really good. Production of course, all those great. things were amazing. I mean, just everything across the board. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what did it get, like a 97% on IMDb or something? Yeah, 95. it's down to a 95 now. Is it still the? It, yeah, it's 9.5. And uh, Is it still the highest rated show? I think so. 9.5 with 311,000 votes. So. so, I mean, even if it was number two, for the fact that it just came out, yeah, um, I felt like all of that is very well-deserved. Yeah. Yeah, I I was just thinking about this. The thing that struck me was the style of storytelling. So with a disaster movie, what they would do is no one's ever really balanced it correctly, you know. So it's either you have the San Andreas where it's just like a full-on disaster and everyone's just like trying to live through it and it just becomes a CGI nightmare of just over-the-top action but with no story whatsoever. Or they really dive into the story and they don't actually show the actual event until the very end, you know, saving their budget. Where at this, they showed right off the bat, the explosion happens. And by the end of the first episode, um, we're, we're seeing kind of the end of the whole show. All within first and last episode. So we're getting the, the action, but we're getting good story throughout the whole process. And they were able to kind of mix the two really well throughout the whole show. Where you didn't have to probably spend a huge chunk of your budget for the Chernobyl event. Because, you know, by the third episode or whatever, they kind of cover it up. And they get all the sand on the radiation. But it gives you enough action and experience with it that it's this looming monster that's always there and so it's like godzilla that was the whole thing with godzilla the first movie where we didn't see godzilla till like the very end and a lot of people like really hated that a lot of people liked it you know it's kind of like this weird mishmash of like it is a monster movie so we want to see the action so the new godzilla they put more action in and sacrifice story yeah this they had a perfect blend 
Chernobyl, the monster, is ultimately the the government mm-hmm. man. The fact that we they were dumb and cheap and they didn't, you know, uh, take the money to do it safely. And then the real world repercussions of that that affected everyone. And then the citizens who were brave enough to stand up and and you know fight this monster, which is the Chernobyl event. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think a lot. I mean, I, to me, I think the biggest monster isn't even so much the government. I mean, for sure, it is the government. But I think he says it at the very beginning, like, "What is the cost of lies?" Yeah. And I think that's the monster. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Lies, and then, yeah. and it's like, and then the hero is people who. God, that's so good. <laughs> you know, and then to a certain degree, it's it's really a story about like the battle between lies yep. and truth. Yeah. Um, and, or honesty. And, you know. Yeah. Go ahead. And, oh, no, I was just going to add on that. Yeah, Craig, in an interview that I watched of him about the show, uh, also was quoted saying, "Truth does not care; it will get you in the end," which is what we see yeah. in the last yeah. episode. Uh, in the courtroom, you can continue. I, I didn't want to yeah. throw you off that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And almost to a certain degree, it, it really is almost like um, it's almost like these two galactic gods fighting against each other. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, lies, the god of lies and the god of truth, and yeah. they kind of clash. Yeah. And it's almost like what happens to all the little people at the village. Yeah. And like you have to choose your side and kind of like, kind of make your peace with the fact that you're going to get mixed up in their battle one way or the other. It's kind of like what you're saying. It's like, I do think I love that part where he's like, we can lie all we want, but eventually the truth will catch mm. up to us. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like, what are you going to do about the fact that that's the truth and reality yeah. of life? And are you going to choose to be on the side of truth and fight for that, even if it means yeah. you might find an earlier death? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The you sacrifice know? he right. makes like the to Yeah. Or are you going to be on the side of yeah. the lies? Yeah. And postpone your death. Yeah. To where then you die when the truth comes out. Yeah. Um, and whether it's, you know, the death of your career or the death of your family or the death of your actual life. I mean, yeah. it's like, is that kind of almost like galactic, that, that universal fight between yeah. the truth and lies? Yeah. Um, and then it just played out in one of the worst disasters on our yes. planet. Yeah. Which is, you know, these nuclear. Wait, what does he talk at one point where it's like hundreds of he Hiroshima bombs? He says it's a, a billion trillion bullets ripping through uh, the air. And it's yeah, just but then destroying. he was talking about how he's like it's like the same thing as dropping. Yeah, like he, well, he's saying that like when the they're standing there, like the next day after it happened, he says that while they're standing there, every hour it's the same amount of radiation as a nuclear bomb going off. And he's like, and it's been open to the air for like 24 hours at that point. And he's like, by tomorrow, there'll yeah. be yeah. 48 nuclear bombs worth of radiation. Jeez. Yeah, you know, it's similar to what was dropped right. on Hiroshima, I think. Yeah, yeah exactly. What he was comparing it yeah. to. Yeah, which yeah. is insane. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just like that fact alone. Yeah. And it's like, well, how long was it like that until they were able to put it out with the sand? It was like multiple days. Multiple it days. Was, it was It was like a month. Remember? Because, like, it was, like, I think by the time I they, was, they, they got the, it all covered, it was, like, November. Well, they had to – I think it was putting the fire out. Yeah. Is what it was, the reactor part. Okay. Was the reactor bomb part. Because, uh, like, think, they couldn't get to it and, like, finish it until, like, November. Yeah, I think the like November, fire December. they took put out in, like, a week or so. Yeah. I'm going to look this up just because out of out of respect for Craig. So you guys yeah. keep talking while I look. Yeah. Well, I, I think what's 
just keep going on the the part about the lies is when we get when we get to the later episodes they start highlighting what actually happened in the control room that night and i think it's just amazing right and leading up to that right that that was it the fourth or fifth episode starts out with um the guy who was in charge of the control room and his two superiors having a conversation in an office room talking to basically about who's getting a promotion next and if this guy gets a promotion then the next two guys get the other guy's job yep and all they're really cared about is working up the ladder right and so they're they're concerned about doing this test that they already were guilty of um speeding up the process to try and get their promotions done and so now they've put it off and put it off and now they have to get it done so they want to speed through it again and so then they're doing a safety test the night of the the explosion and all the denial that goes into it right like they talk about the lie he keeps telling everyone that comes in and says like i've seen it with my own eyes it's spewing out into the open i've seen the open reactor and he just keeps brushing it off and says they're delusional and says it's impossible and he starts threatening one of the guy's career his life his manlyhood and his livelihood yeah he sends a guard up to shoot him if he doesn't look over the edge (laughs) exactly yeah 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 and it's like this is gonna kill me yeah i'm gonna get radiation poisoning that's gonna kill me if i look over this i'm gonna look into so they send him with a guard so he does it (laughs) yeah um and then that same area like they have to send up specialized robots and people are only up there for a minute and a half as they're cleaning yep. off the top of the roof and that guy has to go up there with nothing yep. and just look over the reactor. Well, and in the podcast, remember what they talked about? Because the, the, the robot, like as soon as they turned it on, it died on top of the roof because the Russian government lied about how bad to it the was. Germans how much about how bad it was because they're like, yeah, it's only 100 Yeah, things. which is why your parents probably were like, ah, oh, but it wasn't that bad because yeah. they were lying about yeah. it the yeah. whole time. It's like, no. We so can't. the Chernobyl disaster happened at like 1.30 in the morning on April 26th, and the fire was put 123. out. 1.23.45. Oh, there you go. And then the fire was put out on May 10th. Yeah. Mm. So it was like 13 days. So basically <laughs> like two weeks of what you were talking about where every hour – it's the same thing as a yep. as the yeah the amount of radiation Hiroshima. that Hiroshima bomb uh, radiated is yeah just going yeah. off every single hour for about thirteen to fourteen days yeah depending on how yep. you I can't and do that quick of a math in my head he makes a 13, quick comment 14. at one point uh, where there's all the smoke and the and the fumes going up into the atmosphere and he says you know it's not just going up there he's like when it rains it's going to come back down. So it's getting in the air, but then when it starts to rain, it's going to come down in the rain again. And just all the all of yeah. it going into explaining how much radiation there really is, uh, I think is part of the. Yeah. I don't know if I want to say thrill as a viewer, but also the the gut wrenching aspect of the story that you realize just how much radiation is actually going out. Um, and I didn't know this before watching this film, but they have a quick shot and they never say anything. But if you if you see there's like a aerial shot coming from the reactor going towards uh, Pripyat, the town nearby, there's a, a row of trees that have been burned by the amount of radiation. Like yeah. they're like orange and yeah, red, they're all red instead of green. Yeah, orange. And um, yeah. I knew a guy who actually went... About four years ago, he went and toured, well, more like 
five years ago. But anyway, he went and toured the exclusion zone because it's all like open to tourism now. Oh, wow. And I knew this guy who went and he came back and showed me pictures. And he was talking about how that area, when the explosion went off, it was like mainly directed in two different directions, like opposing directions because of the way the explosion went out. But in the one direction where those trees were burnt, He's like, they still don't let anyone even like walk there or stand over there because there is still so much radiation because the blast was forced and pointed in that direction. And those trees were actually like burned up from the radiation. That's how much there was. I think that's just crazy. Well, that is crazy. Yeah. Well, and so the Wikipedia was saying that um, uh, by the time they put the fire out, they estimated that over half of the reactor cores had burned out. I had uh. like burned away into the atmosphere. <laughs> uh, well, and so the night of to 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 let people know how it happened, they talked about how um, there was an explosion, and then the firefighters were called to to go there. And it was you know one twenty three in the morning. Everyone's kind of tired, and there was reports of firefighters in their t shirts. Pouring water into the exposed nuclear reactor. It just makes I mean, you sick to your stomach. That really. is... Like, if you really think about it. It makes you absolutely... Well, and um, there's this great scene where, like, everyone is standing on this uh, bridge looking yeah. looking at... With um, their children. With their children, with yep. their babies. Yeah. And, you know... You're and their see- re- radioactive ash. Is coming down. And they're just kind of basking in and they're it. All, yeah, they're almost like bathing yeah. in it. They're like, oh, look at this cool, like, sparkle stuff. And the sky was going blue because like, the eye... What was it? The... Um, what did they call it? Uh, the uh, it ionized, ionized air? right? Because of the amount of radiation. Yeah. yeah. It's glowing blue. And people just thought it was something beautiful to spectate. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. it was beautiful to look at. So... At- Everyone's probably wondering, like, okay, you see a nuclear plant on fire, you're going to freak out. So this was obviously the 80s. People didn't have an understanding. But also, when they were doing the radiation tests, they their testers were reading at, like, 3.7 on the, like, radiation scale, which is apparently, like, really low or whatever. And so everyone was like, oh, it's, it's not that bad. Um, but they were all using kind of the cheap... Uh, monitors and so they keep throughout the whole first episode they keep saying like get the good one get the good one and eventually what you find out is uh our our main hero he gets called he gets called and he he says oh 3.7 is actually pretty high because we find out everyone is saying 3.7 is what you get at the dentist and he goes no 3.7 is like 1400 of those like it's pretty high later kind of find out all those readers could only go up that high it was actually much 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 higher so in that moment for like days no one knew what was happening well and that was the other thing uh, in some of my research because anytime it's a true story i always like to figure out more about it and i'm just intrigued by it as i'm sure you guys Mm -hmm. are too um, and, uh, the other thing was like people at that time, like there hadn't ever been a big enough nuclear disaster yeah. for people to even know the levels of exactly. danger it was. Yeah. 
So there's a lot of people that like at that point were thinking like nuclear energy is going to be the thing that like saves us all. Yeah. And we'll put it in our cars and we'll put it in our homes and we'll you'll have a little mini nuclear reactor inside your house and because it's safe and it nothing can ever go bad and nothing can ever go wrong. So, you know, I think some of that too is like the idea of like a nuclear reactor exploding. Yeah. was impossible. Yeah. Um yeah, that's what they kept saying. Yeah. When everyone's like it's exploded and he goes, "How is that possible?" Because Yeah. Rightly. Explain that to me. Explain that to me. That was the whole thing for really the whole season. Yeah. And then at the very end, he actually is like, this is how it happened. Yeah. Which uh, leads me, you want to continue your thought you had? Sorry. Um, I want to ask you guys, which episode is your favorite episode? So the first episode is 123.45. So that is when it all happens. And then it ends with uh, him killing himself. So right off the bat, uh, episode two is "Please Remain Calm." I believe that's when they go in underwater at the very end, and their batteries go out. Uh, "Open Wide, O Earth" uh, is when they bring in the uh, tunnelers, yep. the guys to dig underneath. "The Happiness of All Mankind" is when they go and they have to kill all the animals, and then uh, "Vikneya Pamyat" is the, is the trial. One, yeah. The trial. So what is yeah, your favorite? I think the for me, I, I mean, I really did like the first episode just because, it's, uh, I mean, that is kind of the horror yeah. part of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I actually, I think I liked the second episode the best. And when you guys were talking about the horror stuff earlier, I think one of the things that I liked about it that I thought was like so masterfully done um, is just that, like, the initial horror is it blew up. Yeah, we got to put the fire out, <gasps> and then it's like they then put try to put the fire out. That's kind of the second episode you know, helicopters get too close and they crash into the yeah. reactor and you're like, oh my gosh. And then everybody's like, okay, so we're good, right? And then our main character is like, no. Yeah. No, we have this thing that we <laughs> now have to deal with. Like if it's it's so hot, it's going to leak into the waterbed underneath the yeah. and get into our water for the entire country and eventually go to the- Dead Sea? Th- yeah. The, or the Black Sea. The, uh, yeah, or the Baltic Sea or something like that. Yeah, which the whatever the one that's over yeah. there in Russia, and they're like, if it gets in that, then it's gonna like then lead to this and this and like and like, basically this whole section of the planet, yeah, is gonna be yep. like contaminated. Yeah, and, and we're we're gonna be talking about the largest human, like crisis ever. Yeah, in the history of the Earth, and you're like, oh my gosh, and then they solve that, and then like, but now we have to then worry about this huge section of land where we need to kill all the animals, burn all the trees. You know, evacuate all the people, you know, not let anybody in. And you're like, geez, it just keeps getting like yeah. worse and worse yeah. and worse. And I think that's one aspect of the horror thing where it's like, you know, like you see Godzilla and it's like he never gets worse than that. Yeah. You know, but it's like with this thing, it was like just a disaster. A nuclear reactor is bad. Yeah. But then it's like it just kept getting bigger, bigger, bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. And each time it's almost like with all the administration in Russia who just didn't understand yeah. is being told by the hero who did understand who's a nuclear physicist, you know, and, and represents like kind of like the nuclear scientists in Russia as he's explaining it to them. He's also kind of explaining it to us. And we're like, Oh, yep. That's mm-hmm. why that's bad. Oh, now these divers have to go into the water. That's completely radioactive underneath. Oh, yeah. oh now we have to kill all the dogs. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, Oh, now it's just like one thing after the other. So for me though, 
The second episode was my favorite. So, or first. The second episode. Okay, second. Yeah, where the batteries yeah. got. That's yep. so Yeah, I, and I think that's because of what I'm saying. It's almost like that's when the you start realizing, like, oh, yeah. the scale of it. Oh, yeah. this is so much more worse than we understand. Yeah. And even to me, growing up, knowing about Chernobyl, and I I lived and grew up in Dayton, Tennessee, which was 35 minutes away from the Watts Bar nuclear power plant. So we had, like, evacuation drills. We, yeah. They would test the sirens every month. So it's like I grew up. You know, as a little kid, there was you know a year or so that I was like worried that we the nuclear plant was gonna yeah. blow up. Yeah. You know, after nine eleven, then there was like the nuclear plants where like are people gonna target those next? You know, so it's like knowing about like oh nuclear disaster is something I've thought about before growing yeah. up near one. Um, but even then, it was like that second episode is when I realized oh this is why a nuclear disaster would be so bad. Yeah. It's more than exactly. just the plant. Yeah. It's all yep. these other things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my favorite. Yeah. What about you, Evan? I, I think I might agree with Ryan that second might be my favorite. It's either the first or the second one. Uh, but I, I think the thing yeah. I think the thing that I like the best, though, and I don't say it's my favorite episode, it's in episode three, though, where they're doing a little more investigating. Um forget the person's actual name but the uh the female scientist who goes and starts interviewing all of the the, she goes and visits the people that were actually in the control room that night yeah in the hospital she goes and and starts interviewing them trying to try trace down any clues she can get like how did this happen uh just the just the the amount of detail that they show you through makeup and through amazing acting of just the horrors of radiation poisoning and how it destroys the body when she's in the hospital and you see those visuals. I think that for me, it's the most cringing thing in the whole series, but it's the thing that stuck with me in my mind the most is that, you know, some of these people like two of the guys in control room went to go open the water valves manually, knowing that they were going to die from that knowing that they weren't guilty of anything, knowing that they were doing something that was going to kill them. They went and did these water pumps by hand. And then you see one of them in the hospital, basically on his deathbed. Um, I think that's the most shocking moment for me is you just see like the pain that they go through to die. Uh, the, the yeah. cost of it. Yeah the cost of everything in human form. Um, and that's in yeah. episode three. I wouldn't say it's my favorite episode as a whole, but that, that part of the episode is very vivid. Um, and I, I don't know if I'd say I enjoy watching that, but it's, it's a part that right. is really important to the story because they're getting information. Um, and I, exactly i think that's the thing that that for me is the weight of it it shows the cost like the human the human cost of it this is what will happen when people are exposed to this whether it happens within a week or whether it happens within the course of their lifetime it's slowly killing you and it goes back to that like it goes back to that like what are the cost of lies yeah yeah what's the human what's the human toll um what's the body count yeah when we allow lies to um, permeate our culture and our yeah. leadership and 
in our you know our country government yeah. you know well and also like uh our our kind of leading lady we see from the beginning uh lid 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 Mila or something and she is trying to be there for her husband her husband's one of the firefighters and she keeps sneaking in to see him. Oh, I hated that. And, part. you know, oh, like, my so wife much. and I, Allie and I, were yelling at the screen, being like, what are you doing? And she's like, you know, you're going to have a baby. And it's just like those little moments where you just, even, like, the hopeful moments are just, like, riddled with, like, you know despair and death is yeah. coming. And once again, the writers, Craig Mazin, you're the man, and the editor. Yeah. Uh, whoever edited did a great job because it was, like, Going back to like what we were talking about uh, last week about Tarantino, yeah, and like playing the emotions. Like you see these guys, you think, oh, they're gonna be horrible. They're all in the bed. They're not feeling good. You're like, oh, these guys look bad. Then she comes back the next day. They're up, out of their beds. Yeah, they're playing cards. Things yeah. seem better. You're all exactly. happy. You even as you the take a sigh of relief. Oh, Maybe they will still have this baby. Everything will be okay. Yeah. Well, you, you think, oh, they'll die in like 10 years. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, they're going to make it. They're going to make it for at least This isn't going to be as bad yeah. as what I think it will be. And then it cuts to our main scientist, and he describes what. Uh, it's going to happen to Yeah, them. what uh, radiation poisoning looks like when you die. And yeah. he's like, there's a moment where everything looks better and it gets better, and you think, I'll be okay. Yeah. And he's like, this is just, it's like. You know, it's like the last kiss of death or whatever. Or yeah. Something like the last hope. Before yeah. You. And he's like, and then you basically just, like, decay. All these organs start shutting down, yeah. and this happens, and that happens, and you just basically die from the inside out until you're just, like, one big bubble of pus waiting to pop. And you're just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then you're like, and then they show you that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's like, they're like, you know that hope you had 10, 15 minutes ago? We're not only going to take that away we're now going to just like jab you in the heart yeah. multiple times yeah. over and over again as you watch this husband of this babe of uh, this father soon to be father that doesn't even know yeah like slowly just deteriorate in front of your eyes and then on top of that you know it's going to happen to her yeah. and her baby next yeah. and you're like ah yeah. you know well and it they did a really good job of making radiation it did seem like like a horror movie virus, like zombie it feels type that thing, way, yeah. where it's like it just anything it touches the nurses. Yeah. I mean yep. everything. It was the just clothes like they were wearing, every everything. single. Uh, yep. Yeah, yep. they said that. Um, and uh, and the crazy thing once again is that all of that was true. Yeah, like that woman. Yeah, she actually wrote a book a about lady. her life. Yeah. She really did go see. Yeah, and she well, really, she lived. Yeah, and she really did lose her kid yeah, though. She and basically the baby she never had. Yeah, yeah, that's what. Yeah, they. She never ended up getting any huge effects from the radiation, right? Yeah. Because the doctors and nurses concluded that the baby Ugh. absorbed all the radiation. It. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's and awful. so she she miscarried. I like um, almost yeah. cried in that scene because it, it was just like well, so, so, so think, powerful and so yes. the so important sad. context to that is, and it goes back to the things we've been saying already, is the lies. She didn't know. She, I think I think what the storytellers are trying to tell us is yeah. two things. She didn't know the facts because she wasn't told them because there's lies being spread about what actually happened. And the other thing is, I think we're starting to see in her some dawning realization that something's not adding up because she keeps asking what is happening to him like things are really messing yeah. up why is he screaming in his bed he should be getting better if these are just like flesh burns because he's a firefighter it was just a roof fire so what everyone kept saying it was yeah you know i think we're starting to see as viewers 
maybe not full comprehension yet, but there's questions being asked in her heart. And we see, we see the effect because she doesn't know that this is radiation burns. You know, we're, we're still seeing that this secret, the lie is still being told because then the scientist, uh, Emma Watson's character shows up and she sees her behind the curtain where she's not supposed to be with her husband, holding his hand, touching him. And she comes in she's like, you cannot be in here. You can't be touching him. You're pregnant. And then she asks, like, well, what's going on? And she's like, what do you mean what's going on? And then, you know, the KGB shows up and they're like, yeah, we're not yeah, going to talk yeah. about this, are we? <laughs> and, you know, yeah. We can sit here and say, oh, it's gross that she wanted to go and be with her husband. But if you think about it from only the perspective of you don't 100% know that this is nuclear burns, radiation burns, and you still are under some hope and belief that this is just a fire burn and people are telling you, oh, don't be near your husband. Don't touch him. Why would you listen to that? You're just going to want to comfort them. Yeah. All the while, he's spewing radiation from his own body because he was so exposed yeah yeah which is yeah it's like throwing water on a grease fire yeah Yeah, just well they said that um in the behind the scenes they talked about how the clothes that the firefighters were wearing when they came into the hospital that was in chernobyl Mm -hmm. or near chernobyl the closest hospital um and then eventually those firefighters got transferred down to moscow but uh, the clothes that they were wearing, they stripped them all off and threw them in a pile in a closet. And they said that that all those clothes are still radioactive yeah. to this day. Yeah. They're still sitting in that hospital. Well, in they that show closet. it at the yep. end of, of yep. the whole series. And they're still you know, when very they highly radioactive. Yeah. Radioactive. Yeah. Ugh. I, I, my favorite episode is definitely the last episode. That's yeah. what I was going to guess. Yeah. Yeah. Just cause, um, this line alone kind of, so, uh, Boris and um, Valeri are two guys. Yeah, Valeri is our main scientist that we've yeah. been talking about. Um, uh, so Valeri is played by Jared Hess, and he deserves an Emmy. I mean, he was amazing. So he was. So good. <laughs> he was so good. And then uh, Boris was played. We've seen him from Marvel movies and Skarsgård, and uh, they did a good job with him. Yeah, um, he was kind of the administrator from the Russian government yeah. that I was assigned to fix this mess. Yeah. And like from the beginning, he's kind of like your like uh USSR like kind of like grunt man. Like he's like Russia's done no harm and stuff. And throughout the, the series, he, his eyes get open. Yeah. He's the party man. Yeah. And so and he's the one that's constantly telling Valeria yeah. to shut up. Yeah, exactly. He's like, you can't say that to the, yeah. You know, the head guy of, yeah. who was it, Boris Yeltsin? Gorbachev, no, it was yeah. Gorbachev. Gorbachev, He's like, yeah. you can't say that to Gorbachev. Yeah. You, know, you, can't you can't just walk just up to the head to, guy of KGB and tell him, yeah. get my friend out of prison. You can't just do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's like, stop doing this. Stop doing that. Stop saying that. There's a way yeah. we got to go yeah. about this. And so they're at the trial, and um, a, a really great scene um, was Boris was, he doesn't really understand what is happening when they first go uh, to the extent that he wanted to fly over the, the, the nuclear reactor in the helicopter to see what the damage was. And so Valeri kind of offhandedly says to him, yeah, we're going to die in five years while yeah. they're there. And yeah. Boris like that, like rattles him to his core. So they're outside. He had been coughing at the yeah, great scene. Actually he's, he's coughing. Yeah. Cause he's like almost Boris is like, what? Exactly. Yeah. And Valeri's like, 
well, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah, it's like we've been here <laughs> yeah. and exposed that, to everything, just yeah. like everybody else is. Yeah. And Boris is like, oh, yeah, I guess that would make sense. Yeah. But he doesn't say it. Like, such, once again, such good writing. So subtle. Because it's like, yeah, yeah it's, it's like the subtleties and the, like, the nonverbal acting. Yeah. The nonverbal storytelling yeah. in this show is exactly. top notch. Like, yep. some of the best I've seen in a long time. Yeah. So, um, so they're outside. They're kind of sitting, um, and uh, Boris says, "Do you remember that morning when I first called you? How unconcerned I was. I don't believe much that comes out of the Kremlin, but they told uh, they were putting me in. They told me they were putting me in charge of the cleanup. When they said it wasn't serious, I believed them. Do you know why? And then Valeria says, "Because they put you in charge." And then Boris is kind of like, "I'm an inconsequential man, Valeria." He's like, that's all I've ever been. I hope that one day I would matter, but I didn't. I just stood next to people who did. And then that's when Valeri kind of, like, sighs at him. And they find out that, like, like Boris is dying, essentially. He he has blood on his rag. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, he has a year left to live. Yeah, he's the the, the radiation doc- is already killing yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And he, he even admitted he was like, I'm, was, I thought I was good. And so then Valeri looks at him and he goes, there are other scientists like me. Any any one of them would have done what I did. But you, everything we asked for, everything we needed, men, material, lunar rovers, what else could have done these things? They heard me, but they listened to you. Of all the ministers and all the deputies, entire congregations of obedient fools, they, may, they mistakenly sent the one good man. For God's sake, Boris, you were the one who mattered most. And like that, like... Yep. moment with these two like friends yep. who like were kind of enemies at the beginning yeah but they were they found friendship over yeah time. it was just like such a beautiful like yep. sam and frodo on the rock yes. dying yeah you yep. know like it's just like yeah and they they weren't i would say they were not friends i mean at the beginning uh uh boris you know, threatened or threatened to, to kill him. Yeah, yeah threatened to kill Valeria, and Valeria yeah. was like, "Well, we're all gonna die if you fly this <laughs> helicopter over. So, what difference does it make?" And yeah. I mean, and Boris would constantly say, "For means, all right, we're gonna do this. We're gonna yeah. do this. You're just gonna sit there and be quiet." And then Valeria would immediately start talking, and, and Boris, would <laughs> yes, be, exactly. You know, like, so I would say that they were, they were definitely in, they were kind of enemies, somewhat conflict. Yeah. Uh, and over time, though, it's like they learned yep. to respect each other. Yeah. Because that's an element of this that the show does hit on, but when you do more of the research or you listen to the podcast about it, it's like insane the amount of manpower and money yeah. and resources they gathered together to yep. fight this thing. Yeah. That and they were talking about they're like, if this had happened in New York, there's no way we would have gotten six hundred thousand men yeah. signed up in our military to go fight this thing. Yeah. We would have just all abandoned that area and left and never come back. Yeah. He's like, because you can't get that kind of commitment in a, right. in a democracy. Yeah. There'd be too many people that exactly. say, whoa, 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 all of our lives are valuable. Yeah. Why should we have to go? You know. And then they're like, they, um, there was whatever they poured on top of the reactor to put it out. Yeah, it was like sand. It was like a, it was some kind of sand, but it yeah. was like graphite or something. Yeah, like that. it was like black. Well, they had to cover the graphite. The yeah, what was it? It was some. It wasn't just sand. Borum yeah. or it was borum kind of, or something. Yeah. Sand, something. Whatever. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. You're right. Boron, yeah. boron. or boron. Boron. That's boron. What it was. Yeah. Yeah, and they they used all the boron yep. in Russia. Yeah. They found all the boron in the entire and then, Soviet Union yeah. and poured it all over two weeks. Exactly. They poured all of it. And, and they were able to like, collect it, back and use forth, it all, and, and then even later when they needed 
was it liquid nitrogen to do the basically like the heat sink under the concrete pad yeah there's a quote where he says we got to use all of the nitrogen in russia yeah <laughs> yeah and then and I, don't they kind of question like all well how much it. do you need yeah, He's like, exactly yeah and they just do it just, uh, and they get it <laughs> yeah or the fact that they re- they just go and draft all these people yeah. to be this six hundred thousand yep. person army that well, does the cleanup of all the radioactive area, killing dogs right. and yep. animals and. Uh, I love that scene where it's this table full of you know KGB officers, men, generals, all this stuff, and Gorbachev, Gorbachev. is like sitting there, kind of like hearing things, and then that's when uh, Valeri's like, "We need your permission." He goes, "For what?" He's like, "We need your permission to send these men to die." Yeah. And it was just like this moment of like all these men have to go in and they're all going to yep. die. Yeah. And, you know, Gorbachev is almost like, and he's like, yeah, whatever you need. But it was just like that. I yeah. just loved it because like he's so matter of fact, he's like, you know, Valeri is just like trying to get everything together. And he's like, this is what has to happen. KGB is so concerned about people telling even the fact that like the first episode, Valeri is at the hotel and he can't tell those people at the bar that radiation is pouring and going to kill everyone. But then you find out that those people at the bar were KGB. are KGB. <laughs> yeah. It's just like the, the mixture of so much ego and lies from all these people. Even yeah. the fact that the guy who was in the explosion kept saying, no, it did not happen. It did not happen. It did not happen. You know, everyone yeah. just denying it when they're having the uh, meeting in that little room and the old KGB guy is like, Cut the phone lines. Like, Russia will live again. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Communism. Yeah. And so it's like, in one hand, it's like, man, they probably handled solving the disaster to some degree. I mean, like, the actual, like, manpower and resources that they were able to bring together in yeah. such a short amount of time to actually utilize and put out this disaster is, like, amazingly impressive. It's incredible. But then on the other hand, it's also like, holy crap, what is wrong with you guys? Yeah. When it's like all the lies and all the deceptions and all the, you know, as they're, they haven't even evacuated the town next to the, the plant <laughs> while the, uh, while the, what is it? Is East it, Germany. Uh, Kids are. Yeah. And somebody. Sweden, right? Wasn't it Sweden? I talking about where kids weren't allowed to go outside. Yeah. Yeah, other foreign countries have detected the radiation because it's blown into their countries, and they're not allowing the kids to play. Hundreds of miles away. Yeah, hundreds of miles away. And they're not allowing the kids to play outside during recess. They have curfews that they're setting for the towns. And the Russian towns, the one right next to the plant where all the plant workers live, yeah, are still outside playing, going to school, everything. Even after they evacuate that town... They move them all to another area that's still in the radioactive yeah. area. And those places, there was like parades that were scheduled, kind of like their yeah. 4th of July type yeah. parades. They forced everybody to still do them, go outside, still have it, even though all these different like people in these districts all knew yeah. that it was unsafe to go out. So dumb. <laughs> so in like one hand, it's like, man, they handled that crisis amazingly well, better than probably most places would have. And then in other areas, it's like, you guys failed so bad handling this crisis. Yeah. Um, the egos, man. Like which was... is, I think, what makes it so interesting, yeah. you know, is like that conflict between, you know, like the heroes that made it all happen yeah. and saved the day 
to then the people who were the villains. And once again, I think kind of like I said, it goes back to that like big, huge thing of like, like I said, almost like galactic gods of like lies versus yeah. truth, yeah. fighting each other and choosing what side you're going to be on. And most of the guys that picked the side of truth all died. Yeah, yeah. You know, Valeri, Boris. Yeah. Um, all the, uh, you know, all the uh, miners that went in and dug out the, the that didn't need to. Yeah. You find out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, all these, all the different scientists that were in the reactor that were working under the guy that basically caused it. Yeah. Um, that were like, we got to do what we got to do. You know. Um, so I was, it was. Yeah, that's yeah. just kind of, I think, which kind of, I think there's a good point in time to transition to, because I think one of the things I always love when talking with you guys about this kind of stuff is, um, you know, what, what can we learn from these things? What can we learn from a show like Chernobyl um, where it impacts the three of us? And we all have, the three of us, although we share a lot of similar tastes, we also have a lot of different tastes. What what can we learn from this that we could apply to our own projects in the future and anybody listening could apply to their projects in the future? Um, you know, what, what about this wasn't just like a one-time good thing? Obviously part of it is just the fact that it's an interesting story. Mm -hmm. Chernobyl, just like Titanic, you know, just like world war two movies, you know, it's, it's a big, huge historical event that just makes it interesting in and of itself. But let's say we're not making Chernobyl or we're making something else about a historical moment. Um, what are the things that you guys take away from this as filmmakers, as creative people, as content creators? Silence. Immediately. Evan, you want to go first. you want me to go? Uh, um, it's, it's shown that like you can tell historical stories in a beyond compelling way you know the fact that like it begins at the explosion and it ends at the explosion the whole series is amazing it's so so good um we're seeing i mean when you see valeri in the first episode how he's so young and then at the end of that first episode how yep. old he looks you know or i guess he we see it him as old, old he, man. yeah he starts as an old man we're just kind of like whatever yeah. but it's only and two it's like years to the five day years before. and he aged yeah. so much yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, you see that and you're just like, Holy cow. And so, um I think there is there's true true power in the way of telling a really, really important story in a really compelling way. I don't think if it was as compelling like there's like shows that like are really well like it's an interesting story and they're done kinda in the same way that everyone does it, like every historical you yeah. know kind of drama and they kind of get lost in the sands of time i think chernobyl will forever be top five historical dramas ever, period yeah i don't think because it is so well acted so well thought out and executed in mm -hmm. every single way that it will if it's not on a list of like historical like dramas like people just haven't watched it because it is so amazing that you can make a show so there's like no color in it you know there's things in it that like really from our eye we we shouldn't be like interested in it you know it's so lifeless it's so colorless it's kind of 
kind of really dramatic and stuff, but it just sucks you mm-hmm. in unlike anything I've ever seen. And so I think that's something to think about. It's like when you are going to tell a historical story, it needs to not just be well done. It needs to be interesting in the way you tell it. It's almost like you kind of get the final reveal at the end. So it was really well done. It was great. Yeah. For me, I think the first thing that comes to mind is as creators, sometimes we have a responsibility to either just tell the story period or to tell it accurately and how that can be done. And this is just like, yeah, maybe it's a cliche thing to say, but it's like a masterclass on how to really tell a historical story pretty much completely accurately, very close to being hundred percent accurate and still making it enjoyable to watch and it conveys not just facts because no one wants to watch something that's full of facts. It's yeah, asking a question, a big question that I think we can all relate to that it, no matter what background you come from, what country you live in, what party you vote for, anything, there's a question in this show that is being asked that everyone can relate to and everyone has an emotion behind a feeling towards. And that's the question that we talked about earlier about the lies and when lies are told, you know, there's consequences to that. Um, clearly as creators, the people made the show and wrote it and acted in it. You know, they had a responsibility to not only tell the story, but tell it, you know, in an accurate way. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it can be done well. It doesn't have to be boring and dry and something that no one wants to watch. Yeah. And I think beyond that, just seeing, um, I think seeing just because what I've heard from, you know, Craig talk about in, in that podcast that he was in and talking about this show and hearing like his side of it a little bit more, um, just seeing like a desire that he had come all the way through to this fruition that came into a, an amazing story and you know, into an amazing show. Um, I think as creators is inspiring just for all of us, because, you know, if we have something that we're even just interested in, you know, that's the spark that it takes to make something like this. If he wasn't interested in the story of Chernobyl, we never would be blessed with this show to watch uh, and the story being told, at least not by him and the way it was done. So I think that is a huge thing. If you have an idea, even if it's just something you're interested in, um, and and a quote that I even heard the director of this say, um, he was basically, I'm going to paraphrase it, but he basically was saying that if, if you have an emotion inside you in the way that you want to tell a story, the way you want to say something, he's like, don't be worrying about if that's the way that other people are going to understand it, or is that the way going to people going to like it? He's like, you need to just go with it and be willing to take a risk Mm -hmm. and make big risks. He's like, because I had a way, and he was talking about this, you know, directing this script. 
he was saying like he had a way in which he had emotions and the way he was pulling from his childhood to portray this story and was using that as an example that, you know, as creators, we need to take that and be willing to do it and not being worried about, well, running it through the filter in our mind of, will someone like that? Is that the way people are going to receive it? Well, yeah, no, I think maybe people are going to like it if I do this more or do this less or differently. And he was basically encouraging you not to worry about that and just, you know, take from yourself, take from your own experiences and apply it into how you tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, um, the, um, I agree with both of what you guys are saying a lot. Um, and so I won't, I won't, I ditto both of you guys' comments. Concur. You I concur, concur with I us? I concur. <laughs> Doctor, 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 Doctor. Doctor. Concur. Um, but, uh, I think then from purely a overall storytelling perspective, um, I think there's three things that really stand out to me. One is like the power of consequences. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, there's, um, a marketing book that I read, um, called story brand by Donald Miller. And he actually talked about this too, where, you know, it's like if in uh, speed or die hard, you know, or something, it's like, if all of a sudden you got a phone call, you know, to the hero and we have a bomb strapped to your family. But then five minutes later, you find out that that bomb is a bomb of glitter and it's going to explode and confetti and glitter is going to come out. Like the audience isn't going to care as much anymore. Um, and so it's like, I think part of what we love about this is the fact that it had huge consequences. Yeah. Um, and obviously it helps that it's real. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to tell a real story, you know, most likely it's a historical moment for a reason because it has huge uh, consequences and it's like, not letting the audience truly appreciate and understand those consequences and letting the story kind of revolve around the consequences of that moment, um, I think is a disservice to the story, disservice to the audience, disservice to the actual event. Um, but also just makes for a less bore, like a less interesting story. Yeah. And then I think second, like, man, talk about, you gotta have good characters. This show had amazing characters. Yes. Um, and, and even amazing characters that, we're like diametrically opposed to each other. Yeah. And we're on different sides of the fence. Like even like we're talking about with Boris and Valeri, it's like in the end, that moment that you talked about in the fifth episode is so beautiful because of the four episodes before that. Yeah. Um, and because they are so different in characters, you know, it's like, this is the nerdy scientist. And this is like probably the kind of like jock guy who grew up playing sports and, you know, and got into the, government and worked his way up and is was a bureaucratic guy and this was the nerdy scientist guy and they probably always would disagree and get annoyed at each other but in this situation they learn to like appreciate each other and yeah. respect each other um, and because those characters are all different that's what makes them amazing even con comparing valeri with the scientist who was in charge of the actual chernobyl plan yeah yeah and caused a disaster like they're so different and that contrast is what makes for a good story yeah which I think is something that's interesting. Well, even Boris and the main guy, you know, they're both yeah. these guys who are in charge. One vehemently denied and one listened. Yeah. And did the right yeah. thing. And I think, um, you know, we're, we, the three of us have done a, a lot of years. We've spent a lot of years learning the technical side of filmmaking. 
And so we obviously know that contrast is a huge part of cinematography. It's mm-hmm. a huge part of lighting. It's a huge part of um, of camera work. You know, having contrasting angles, having contrasting camera movements. It's a huge part of editing. Obviously, editing is the whole aspect of taking contrasting shots and mixing them together to create something interesting. And and art departments the same way. Contrasting colors, contrasting. You know, uh, you know, you want to show this person's rich, you show this house. You want to show this person poor, you want, you know, and you cut, you, all of this is, and it's, so it's interesting to me how much, even on the technical side, that lesson is something that you learn, and it's so true to story, too. Like, if you yep. don't have good contrast in your story, the story's boring. Yep. Um, and this story had great, great contrast. Um, and then... Um, and then I guess lastly, like, you know, just, um, kind of like what you were talking about, Evan too, but like, I think, you know, just finding a way to make a story to where it's so compelling, yet you tell a message like that's just impressive. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and there have been historical, uh, stories in the past that are more fictionalized and more almost like sensationalized. And I feel like this show was one that like really didn't sensationalize the event. It really just let the event be the event. And as the audience, you're our able hero to, kills himself in the first episode. Yeah. Well, but I mean, but like you think of something like the Titanic. Yeah. You know, it's a real event, yeah. but then the characters are fake. Right. And it's all about their romance and yeah. the, you know, and the sex and the right, the right. steamy yeah. hand and him paint, you know, and then him taking her away from her rich fiance yeah. and then on the you know and there's more room on the door but he doesn't get on you know uh you know and it's like he they didn't do that with this no you know it's like they made up they they took some creative liberties like valeri didn't have a family in the show in real life he had a family um the female scientist she didn't actually exist but they like she kind of represents like the thousand other scientists that kind of worked on it um a lot of them were women um, and so it's like they wanted to have kind of that representation. So, I mean, they took some creative liberties here or there, but it's like, at the same hand, it's like I never felt like it was sensationalized, which I felt like made it that much more impactful. And I feel like we are in an era where people want less and less sensationalized content. Yeah. They want stuff that feels more authentic sure. and real. Yeah. Um, but you still want it to be good. It doesn't have to be boring exactly. authentic. Right. Um, and so like, once again, it's like, that's where, man, they just did such a good job. And the way that like, even like you're saying, like starting it with him making these like recording tapes and hiding them somewhere off the side of his house where the KGB can't see it and then going in and killing himself. That's how they start the whole show. Yeah. You know? And then almost immediately you see the nuclear reactor explode. And even that it's just shot the woman who's pregnant. She gets up to throw up the firefighter's wife. She goes into the kitchen to get a drink. And you see through the window as she's like, you're looking at her and like over her back wind shoulder is the window and you see the nuclear plant explode. Yeah. And I'm like, I love that. I love, love that. It's that, a that tiny like, speck they, in the distance. Once again, it's not like 20 camera yeah, angles yeah, and it's, repeated over and over yes. again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's not, and it's not like somebody's rushing down the hall and boom, and then they get exactly. blown across the hall. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's once again, it's like the most like non central, what? sensational sensationaling of that like yeah. story yeah that's like the the less exciting way to tell that yeah and yet I mean, it's like perfect yeah you understand when you see that why yeah. it's not that big a deal i mean think of how many explosions have happened yeah and then on the flip side though because we all know what nuclear reactors are 
it's also like a huge deal, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so you're all like, oh my gosh, that, that is not yeah. good. That yeah. is so not good. And that woman didn't even see it. Yeah. She needs to turn around and look at that, yeah. you know, and then it's, but yet then it, it's just well, and, perfect. And know? what got me was when uh, they were like going in and I audibly went like, like shuddered out loud when those two guys go in, they like force that heavy oh, door open and it's just a pure, <sighs> And their faces are red. Yes. And then you see all the firefighters' faces are getting red, you know, yeah. and it's just like they look like sunburns, but you yeah. know, you're yeah. like, oh, they just have. Just or the guy who picks full. up the graphite and he's like, what's this? Yeah. And then and his you're hand like, let lit. It, yeah. drop that, drop that. Yeah. And he's just like, ah, you yeah, graphite. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's holding the actual, like, basically, the like, inside the thing of that the holds nuclear... the nuclear reaction. Yeah. Yeah. He's rods. holding, like, the, yeah, the, almost like the core in his hand. Yeah. Um, so uh, and they explain it. So if if you're watching, if you're you know ever gonna watch it, and you're like, do they ever explain how the reactor explodes? Yeah, they do. They do, and that's really yep. good. Too. It's great. Yeah. That, that whole scene is yeah very simple. And I like the fact that they didn't like they once again. It's like the way that they just organized the telling of that story yeah. was yep. so well done. Yeah, and I think that's the other big takeaway for me. It's like yep. it's inspiring. Yeah, to see something where it's like. Because I think a lot of us see a story like that, and we'd be like, "Oh, well, there's only four or five ways to do this," and you would just kind of look at it, and you'd be like, "Well, we're going to chronologically show it this way, or we're going to get the 20 angles of the right. reactor blowing up, or we're going to do this, or we're going to that, you know, we're going to have a GoPro in the reactor, and it's going to, you know," and it's just like what they did <laughs> yeah. is just completely different than yeah. anything that I would have thought of. Yeah, and I'm. S- like and I'm so right. glad that they didn't do I would agree. what is like we would expect and assume. Yeah. And so then when I think of different ideas that I have or stories that I have that I want to do, I'm like, man, what? How could I do them in a in a not a different way for the sake of difference, but in like a better way? Yeah. Like they did, you know? Yeah. How can how can I look at this from a different angle and see? Oh my gosh, this story is way better if I yeah. look at it from this yeah. way yeah. versus this way. Well, it's a it's a it's a mystery. It's a horror. It's a political, you know, like thrill. It's it's a, a you know like all these kind of different layers of, of yeah. They the, have a lot. Yeah, they have, that's true. They have a lot of subplots going on. But then I think they also did a really good job of not yeah making all those subplots actual plots exactly to where then you have like seven stories yeah. going on, aka yesterday, <laughs> and uh, and instead they make the whole story from the very beginning about what is the cost yeah. of lies. Yeah, and at the very beginning you see it. He's recording that. That's what he says in the in the recording, and then he kills himself. Yeah. And then you see it at the end. You find out what yeah. was the cost. He almost he's almost asking the audience. Yeah. What is the cost of lies? Yeah. And we're like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, Craig. Can you just show me exactly. the nuclear reactor explode? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Okay, well, I'll show you. Yeah. I'll answer my own question for you. Yeah. And this the way they bring the it together yeah. in episode five, the final episode, so well in the courtroom. To help the yeah. viewer understand what all in the complexity behind every layer, behind every decision, good and bad, um, it's masterfully done. It's compelling. Yeah. 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 So to end it off, because we're at about an hour, uh, I know all of us probably looked up stuff and researched things. Evan was telling me some uh, last night. Uh, what's some interesting facts that we haven't talked about related to this show or Chernobyl disaster in general that maybe they didn't cover in the show or is just interesting, unique things that um, you guys have found interesting since you've watched the show and looked up more stuff about it? 
Um, well, I, I don't don't know anything that they don't mention in the show. My favorite thing is definitely the two things that they say at the very end is that they finished the uh, the actual. So every nuclear reactor in America and I guess the world other than Russia is they have a covering like a a nuclear like giant I guess a concrete cover over all nuclear plants so if something like this did happen it would be contained that's the idea yep they didn't finish the one in chernobyl till 2017 which is two years ago everybody which is a reminder insane (laughs) and then uh the the ussr's uh list of how many people actually died like their actual list and what the actual truth is you know just like the once again leaving the what is the cost of lives and they're literally lying about the cost of lives. <laughs> yeah, cost of lives. <laughs> yeah. So. so yeah, but, how many? Ooh, was it like nine? Is what they had or something like that? Uh, they said to this day it's like I think yeah, it's, it's like thirty. High twenties like or low thirties. Yeah, it was basically the firefighters and the scientists. Yeah, yeah. is like what they were calling yeah. like the death toll, not yeah. the people and, who died two years later. From something that I did read that. was they made it a law right after this happened that physicians and doctors were not allowed to use. Forget the, what the wording was, but basically uh, radiation poisoning as a cause of death. So that's one of the main reasons why wow. no one really fully knows what the full toll death toll is, because yeah. no one was allowed to use it as like being able to be documented. Wow. So I I read somewhere where um, Gorbachev, well, and, and Craig talks about it in his podcast, but Gorbachev has been on record saying that he felt that the fall of the Soviet Union started with Right, Chernobyl. I heard that yeah. too. And a lot of the people that um, were citizens of Russia or USSR uh, were also feel like that was the beginning yeah. because basically they were like, we were told to believe that Mother Russia had your back, communism, yeah. the Communist Party had your back, like give us your heart and your your life 100 percent you know basically hand over all everything to us and we'll take care of you better than you could take care of yourself and people did it and believed it and then when they when all this news started coming out and more and more facts started becoming into the light yeah they're like we trusted you yeah with everything yeah and then this is how you treat us this is how you take care of this this is what you do you you know you leak radiation all over the all over the atmosphere and and poison us. No, yeah. we can we can do this better on our own. Um, I so mean I'll, that's essentially what Valeri he was like a Mother Russia head like he was loyal to the KGB loyal to, and then when he saw this happen and saw just the ineptness and the denial that all these leaders had, he was like, okay. Yeah. And the fact that what they did to him at the end. Yeah. yeah. And then I think uh, the other thing, too, I heard is that it also um, it cost Russia an yeah. enormous and amount. Oh, yeah. And so it also kind of yeah, like bankrupted them. I heard them. I heard that, too. Um, and so I, I, I was listening to— I mean, liquid nitrogen. That's right. If all of it had to be used for that. Yeah. I mean, that's their— So the—and um, uh, I was reading um, some reviews on IMDb, and somebody was somebody from Russia that had grown up in Russia, and they were like, uh, they're like, it wasn't Reagan— or this or that. They're yeah. like the thing that brought down the wall was Chernobyl. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was just That's very powerful. fascinating. 
You had some stuff yeah. too that you're telling. Yeah, me last so night. mine mine was just related to the soundtrack behind this series, and uh, there was uh, two people kind of behind it. One of the guys actually ended up um, passing away earlier on in the project, and uh, let me see if I can actually find the uh, the name. I don't think I'll be able to pronounce it, but um, the lady behind the soundtrack. She has worked on other films that I know the three of us have enjoyed, um, and maybe some of you listening do enjoy, uh, and that is Sicario, and they also did Arrival, yeah, and a few others. They've done actually a lot of films that I've seen, um, and I've always enjoyed those scores as well, but the interesting thing that I found out was they went to a Lithuania, a reactor in Lithuania, to go and actually record different sound effects and ambient sounds at the reactor. And of course, uh, this reactor that they went to this plant was very much almost identical back in the day when they were made, they were almost all made to the same blueprint basically. And so it was very much similar to the one in Chernobyl reactor four. So they were able to go there and record sound effects on location and create from the soundtrack and built into the soundtrack, all of these sounds that they recorded are in every single song. And so I watched a, a uh, interview with the lady and she was saying how when they went to record it, they had to be in full gear, like hazmat suit and everything. Cause they were at this like reactor place and they had to go and record all of this stuff. And then they went and mixed it in, you know, and created music out of it. Uh, so she said, which was yeah, and, and and they use it to create the soundtrack. Uh, that's what the sounds are. That sounds like music. You know, you can go in and edit all that stuff. And she said, you know, any any like high pitched squeals or or shrieks and stuff came from like this door that they walked through. And she's like, it was almost inaudible, but we realized that there was these high pitched noises coming from this door. It was like spine tingly, and they just sat there for hours and like recorded this door and. Um, and a whole bunch of other things. And so it's just really cool that they were able to, um, cause you want to create an organic element that related to the story. And I think it's just really fascinating to, to find that out that they were able to go and record these things and create a soundtrack from it. And when you do watch the show, if you ever yeah, get to watch yeah. it, man, that is one of the things that gives it such a horror element. It just is uncomfortable <laughs> And it just drives oh, the emotion yeah. well, of the moment home so well. They did a great, amazing job on the soundtrack. Yeah. Well, and the the radiation. The Geiger uh, counter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that like yeah. I was like I never thought that that would be like a horror thing, but yeah. when it gets louder and uh, louder. When they go in, I think that is the end of episode two. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, is. Where they the these divers go in or the crews go in yeah, and they're in the water and the Geiger counter is going off like crazy. And then the yeah. lights go out. And so that was real. That's yeah. that part too, which I know you guys know that, but that's insane to me yeah. that these guys find this thing and like release these valves and like save like if millions everyone, of people, yeah. everyone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's like if, yeah, millions of people and they do it all in the dark and it just, it's nuts. Man. Well, and he's like, the reality is you're going to cut your life down into weeks. Yeah. But, they all lived. They all lived. They're yeah. still alive. Yeah, it's which crazy. is insane. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm thinking another thing that I thought which was really- Which makes me think it's all a lie. <laughs> was the CIA. <laughs> now, uh, the other thing that was interesting to me was um, 
the other three reactors, uh, reactor one, two, and three, all kept running. Yeah. For years. I think I think they now <laughs> Yeah, so what they did was they, they kept them running until uh, two of the three, they shut them down in the 90s, and then the last one, whichever reactor it was, they didn't shut down until 2000. They just had them still running. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. And I and they, they were still running and using them as power. And that was the nuts that are like, they're reading about that or in, or in the podcast or something. It was like Chernobyl, the Chernobyl plant provided an enormous amount of power for that part of the country. And so it's like they couldn't just yeah. turn them off. Yeah. So like as they're like trying to put out a fire, people are still running the other reactors. That's insane. <laughs> well, and, you know, and it's just like, and they've been oh doing it. Gosh, they were doing it know? for almost two decades after the thing exploded and was still spewing yeah. radiation. Yeah. Like people still went to that location. And I think eventually work. they were able to move. I think they were able to like move most of the staff to remote. Oh, were locations. they? Okay. But initially well, yeah, like, they, they still had to be, and there still had to be some staff at the reactor, crazy. even in the like nineties. So it's great. Well, uh, we highly, highly, if you haven't guessed already, we highly, highly, highly recommend that you watch these. It's on HBO. You could get an HBO Go membership for get the trial for 14 days. It's only five hours. You can easily binge it if you really wanted to. Um, or buy the DVDs if you're in Illinois. Yeah, Evan, have, yep. uh, Evan has them. Anyone taking up your offer to well, watch I, it with I you? Well, I told my dad about it, and he was interested. Uh, and anyone else listening, you know who you are. My house is always open, or I can bring my Xbox to your yeah. to your place. We can watch it. Um, it's, it's I mean, really, good. it's just it's language, and then there's that one scene with all male uh, <laughs> miners. Yeah. yeah, at one point, the miners all... Strip down naked and and go mining because it's too hot and they were not gonna blow fans. Because it was like a hundred and like fifty Celsius in there, which I don't know is actual degrees, but it was like it wasn't one hundred fifty Celsius. It was um, wasn't that high, but it was extremely high, like really crazy hot. And they're underground digging this tunnel by hand because they couldn't use machinery. Yeah, Yeah, because Celsius is higher, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Celsius and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, and they didn't didn't. They denied him giving them fans just because of the radiation in the air. They didn't want to stir it up even more than it already was. And so... <laughs> the, yeah. Which one out of every three of those miners died early. Yeah. That was the sad part. Yeah. So when that when that had miners, like, are you going to take care of them? And they were like, I don't know. Yeah. And they're just like, all right, we're still going to do it. Yeah. Oh, that was a great... Uh, all that was great. Once again, the so heroes good. of Russia, man. I uh, mean, when that the head of of the coal guys goes out there with the guns, and you know, and he has this nice suit, yeah, yeah, and they all are just they like, all what are you pat gonna him do? Down. Yeah, and they just like touch him his head because yeah. he's not gonna go out there. He's, he's yeah. not brave. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, highly recommend yes. you check it out. It's totally worth the purchase. Uh, in general, you can go watch it, be inspired, hopefully learn some great lessons about the cost of lies, and. Uh, yeah, let us know what you think about it. And with that, we appreciate you listening. As Todd always says, rate us, review us. He's too busy on his phone over here. Evan can't see him, <laughs> but I can. He's looking up. Fun fact about this out. podcast. The whole time out. we were talking, I'm sitting in front of my TV, and I just had it playing in the background as inspiration. Ah. Uh. Chernobyl. Oh, you were yeah. watching Chernobyl. Silently. 
Amazing. And you're just going to just keep watching it now. Yeah, except turn it us off. <laughs> except I got to get my kids, so I'm not going to let them watch this. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you might not want it. It's it's not uh no. child friendly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, watch watch this after the kids go to bed. Well, thank you. Yes, we appreciate it. Evan, thanks for being on. Yeah. All the way from thank Illinois. You for me. Until next time. Hope you guys have some quality time yourself this weekend. This has been a Studio Red production. For more, go to studioredmedia.com.